0: Entrepreneurs on the moon for a better
1: tomorrow. What's going on? My name is Stephen Knight, and you listen to The Stephen Knight Show. You know we broke your heart,
2: rolling down your face. You know I'm
0: coming over to make sure, okay. You don't have to wait. I'm day. going to play. You're
1: Good evening, and welcome to the Stephen Knight Show here on EOTM Radio. I want to thank you for joining us again tonight. As always, we'll be discussing the latest in entertainment news, sports, fashion, and movie reviews. Of course, our question of the day, and then tonight we welcome two incredible authors with two amazing and very different stories. Uh, Dr. Jeanette Raymond, who wrote uh, now, now You Want Me, Now You Don't, and then John Buzakoff, if I pronounce the name correctly, who co-authored the book, Not My Daughter. Very interesting story. As always, I want you to call with your questions and comments. The number is 718-664-6543. Again, that's 718-664-6543. You can also join us in chat. There's a link on our Facebook page. I also want to remind you to connect with us on social media We're on Facebook, Twitter, Google, and of course our our website, uh Com. So definitely connect with them there. And unfortunately we have some very sad news to report. Many of you already know that uh comedian Robin Williams died tonight at apparent suicide. Uh, he was sixty three years old. And Ms. Parker, I know you're on uh do you have any thoughts about this?
3: Yeah, I mean anytime somebody takes their own life it's definitely a sad a sad occasion and um you know, they said the people who usually make us laugh are the ones who are um normal, usually in the in, in the you know deepest darkness of their lives. Mm-hmm. So um yeah. I I certainly uh my condolences and, 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 and um and well wishes as far as recovering from this to his family. I know he has some pretty uh, young kids and um I certainly hope that they're able to uh find some comfort in his memory. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. Uh, you know, mental illness, and that's what Dr. Drew, he was going to see, and I was watching it before the show tonight, and he was saying how, you know, most people people have severe depression into mental illness. And so, you know, he, he had um struggle with addiction, with alcoholism, which he was open about, and, um, mm-hmm.
4: and, and really
1: went to rehab again. Uh, Dr. Drew seemed to think it was more so for the depression, not really the alcoholism, but regardless... Um, I, we want to thank him for 40 years of, of great laughs. You know, I know as a kid we used to watch Mrs. Doubtfire all the time. We loved that movie. That movie had us crying. And so, um, you know, all the great work he's done over 40 years. So we definitely uh, are sending our thoughts and prayers to his family and his fans all over the world. Now, before we go um, to Miss Ferguson, she needs to go first, but before we go there, I want to let everyone know that we the 2014 Hottest Entertainment Awards nominations have been Announced, and the Stephen Knight Show picked up another nomination for hottest online radio show. Remember, we won it back in 2012, and then I've picked up two nominations uh, for my music: hottest male vocalist and hottest rising superstar. We definitely need you to vote so we can win the award again. Go to hottest hottest ATL, I'm sorry, atl There's links on our Facebook page and our website uh, where you can go, and it's easy. Just find us under those categories. And vote for us. We definitely appreciate you. And shout out to uh, Paskey Entertainment for nominating. Now, Miss Ferguson, how are you doing tonight?
5: Hi, I'm doing all right. How are you?
1: Pretty good, pretty good. How was the weekend? Well, I
5: can't complain. Um, you know, I didn't get a chance to go to the mall, but I'm sure I'll get a chance to go this weekend.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know you're depressed. <laughs>
5: Very you- yes you have some good stuff for us tonight? I do. I do. Um, And a lot of the stuff that I have for you guys tonight um, is actually just in time. I know it's actually a little late for back-to-school, but it really is kind of just in time for it because they have a lot of good things on sale right now. Um, So, uh, you know, you still may be able to take advantage of the back-to-school shopping, even though school's already started. (laughs) So uh, first I wanted to share with you guys a a sale for Old Navy. Um, They're having a sale on select items, and um, it's pretty much the majority of their store minus their clearance. Um, And the sooner you shop, the more you'll save. So if you shop today, uh, you can get 25% off of your purchase. And if you shop tomorrow, tomorrow only, you can get, I'm sorry, if you shop today, you can get 25% off of your purchase. And tomorrow, you can get 20% off of your purchase. And if you're shopping online, you have to use code SAVEMORE. Uh, today today only and online only, the Limited is having a, a sale. And um, if you shop now, you can buy one, get one free on all pants and jeans. Uh, the, uh, the Gap is having a friends and family event. And uh, if you shop there now, you can save 40% on your purchase, and the sale is um, online. And it's been, They're also carrying it over to their, uh, their factory outlet stores. So if you're shopping online, you can use code TODAY. Uh, the Young, Fabulous, and Broke is having a sale event at Nordstrom. Um, and the Nordstrom, I think I told you guys about this the last time I told you about it, they were having a Tory Burch sale event, um, but this time it's Young, Fabulous, and Broke. Um, and this is at Nordstrom, and of course they put like the majority of the the items from this brand on sale. J Crew is having a now and later event um, sale event, and if you shop there now, you can save 25% off the of select styles. And if you're shopping online, you need to use code now and later uh, today only. Express is having a denim sale, and um, if you shop there. Today only, um, women's jeans are thirty-nine ninety, and men's jeans are just forty-nine ninety. So it doesn't matter what style. All jeans are thirty-nine ninety for women and forty-nine ninety for men. Uh, com is having a sale now through the thirteenth. And if you shop there now, you can get twenty-five percent off off of plus styles. Um, and these styles are actually meant to ease you into fall basically make it a smooth transition from summer to fall and so you can get 25 percent off of those list styles and I'm to you need to use code must have with an S and last but not least uh, teachers and students can shop forever 21 and receive a 15 percent off um, a 15 percent teachers and students discount Oh wow and I'm so happy guys to see me.
1: That's real nice. Teachers get a little discount as well.
5: <laughs> yes, I think that was a very nice deal that they put on for teachers and
1: students. Absolutely, and they can find all this at budgetshopaholic.com. There's a link on our Facebook page and our website, and I just tweeted it. So
2: <laughs>
1: go on uh, budgetshopaholic.com and find out all the great sales that Janara works diligently to help us find. Thank you, Janara, as always.
5: Thank you, Stephen.
1: Have a good
3: one. You too.
5: Bye bye.
1: Well, it's of the weekend. I was on mute. Talking to me? No, I thought the park was there, but you might
4: have lost it. Oh,
1: okay. uh, but anyway, Aaron, what's going on with you?
4: Oh, okay. Oh man, that man, just excited. Football season started up. Um, pre preseason, but still, you know, it's better, better than than soccer. So I'm all I'm all <laughs> hyped about that. Um,
6: that's about it, man. Just Life was good. Life was good. And that's anything,
1: what, what any games that took out? I know it's preseason. Any games that took
4: out to you? Yeah, the um, Washington Redskins. You know, I, I, since since I live here and everything, that's definitely a, a um, team that I that I've been watching for like for like a couple of years. If I sound like I'm out of breath, literally, I I just ran. Um, out the car in the rain to come into the house, so I might be out of, out of breath for a little bit. So please excuse me. But yeah, the um, the um, Red Redskins with of course um, Robert Griffin um, coming back from um, injury. They have a um, brand a brand new coach. They have a a, um, a brand new wide receiver with deep. Deshaun Jackson, as you can hear, I am so excited that I'm just stuttering like, like crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah, their um off their um offense is should be great on paper. It looks like it's going to be explosive, fast, um, just um just just a high scoring offense. Hoping that the defense will match the offense. So okay, okay, that, okay. that's always been the um issue, with the Redskins is that their um, defense lets them down year after year after year. So, hopefully, fingers crossed, this year will be the year where their um, defense will actually hold up. So, we'll definitely see about that. Oh, my, m- Michael Vick's with um, the um, Jets now. I don't know oh, if wow. you knew that or not. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He okay. Is what are your a, thoughts? Um, Vick Vic looked good. Vic, yeah, Um. I, that that would be a team that I would be um, definitely watching. Um, if if Geno Smith does not step up this year, I can easily see um, Vic coming in starting. So okay. so okay. Geno, you are you are um, on notice, brother. Step up, or Michael Vick will definitely take your spot. Hmm. Um, Cleveland, Johnny Manziel, um, Johnny Football. Uh-huh. J- Johnny Heisman, yeah, you can, you know, going on and on. He um played, he did okay. I mean, it was mm-hmm. it was, you know, he he didn't play much, but but he looked good. I I am not a hater, you know. He looked good, right? Yeah. yeah. So, props to him, Cleveland. Uh, another team. Who else stood out to me? Ah, uh, Jacksonville won. Okay. <laughs> All right. Exciting. Okay. <laughs> <Exactly. I mean.
2: laughs> okay.
4: Moving on, let's see. Who else stood out? Oh. The Houston Texans, man. Ah they had the uh number one pick in the draft this year. Their um their uh, number one pick actually played played pretty well. Um but the team in general sucks and they did not score a single point in their um, opening preseason game. They lost, I think it was 38 to nothing. So, Okay. Okay. Yeah, so Houston, we have a problem. So hopefully they'll be able to, to clean it up and, you know, at, at least be able to score a touchdown. So um, let's see. Oh, Denver, the um Denver-Seattle game, that was a very good mm-hmm. game. Um, Denver actually won. Um it was a fun game. Um Russell Wilson, the um, quarterback for the um Seahawks. The mm-hmm. i sorry. The Super Bowl winning quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks.
2: <laughs> uh, he actually looked good
4: as always. You know, I have to stress that yes, 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 All yes, right. yes. He has he he has earned that. He has definitely earned that. Um they look good. Seattle looks good. Um Denver looks good. I wouldn't be surprised that those two teams are back in the Super Bowl again this coming season. This right. coming Super Bowl, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, they're, they're to me. They are the epitome. It's those, you know, the um, Seahawks are the top in the NFC, and Denver is the top in the AFC, and then everyone else kind of falls into place. So, wow! Wow! Well,
1: we'll definitely yeah. see what happened. Yeah, what was
4: and quick. I- um, and I was that were you was with, with the sports segment? Yeah, that's, that's pretty much okay.
1: With sports. Both, yeah. Okay. Both Chica and, and Adam are out today. Uh, they both had prior commitments, but I was going to say, I know that you said you saw a movie you want to talk about. You wanna oh, talk yeah, home.
4: yeah. Get on up, man. Get on up. Get on James up. James Brown's up. story. <laughs> I, I enjoyed that movie. I see James Brown in such different light now. Like a lot of people
2: say that, yeah, okay. Yeah,
4: like he the man was actually very intelligent. He was very smart. I mean, just business wise, like he was a very business savvy, and he didn't have much of an education, but just his his common sense street hustle if you will like right, he yeah. really was smart, you know. He he knew that one plus one equals two. And if someone tried to tell him that, you know, one plus one equals six, he will look at them like they're crazy. Like you know, like he <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He's just just amazing. Amazing guy. Um I, I'm trying to think oh the um one scene where he was talking to the promoter or no he was talking to his to his agent or or manager or something, and he was like, "Yo, um, why are we paying to have a promoter and giving you know, and we're not getting money at the door? Why don't you know? I, why don't we um, get people to promote it for us via the like local radio DJs that are like struggling, um, and just pretty much hire our own team." to promote for us and then all the um, revenue that we get for the um, ticket sales goes to us. You know, like we get all the money. I'm, I'm, they get okay.
2: money.
4: Yeah, right. yeah. So yeah. Smart yeah. Guy. And so in in other words, skipping the um the um, middleman. It, it was right, smart. yeah. 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 So yeah. he had, and he had I, the common
1: sense and the street sense.
4: Right, right. Mm-hmm. And he, I, I I didn't realize that um Mr. Brown um had had a private jet. You know, way back then, uh huh, yeah, Mr. Brown was on it. He was, he was, he was on it. Um, he had that hair laid out and conked out, and I get, like, I see a lot of, I see where a, a lot of entertainers got their got their swag from. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, yeah. My, Michael Jackson, of course, um, Prince, definitely, even. Bobby Brown back in the late 80s, early 90s. Like I saw James Brown and Bobby Brown. Like you, you just even with like the how they sing and and their stage presence and it's I, I, Usher, uh, Chris Brown. I mean it's it's amazing. It's Mick Jagger. Um, um, gosh, what's Stephen Tyler from Aerosmith? You can go on and mm-hmm. on. Right? There are so many, you know, guys. From so many different genres of music and women also that got their style from James Brown, but that took a piece from James Brown and right. you know made it Cringed made it on. their own. Yeah, yeah. yeah. oh, fascinating. Yeah. James James yeah. Brown was before his time, and also wanted wanted to mention also that in the movie they give props to to um, Little Richard and that James Brown actually saw L- Little Richard per per. per- Performing and James, I think, took some of what what he saw from Little Richard and made it his own. So, got to give props to to Little Richard also, you know, because you know he feels like he never gets any respect. Well, Little, yeah. Little Mister yeah, Richard, they gave you props and respect in this movie. James Brown definitely um, saw you as as a um, as someone to look up to. So yeah, but, yeah, it was. It was a great movie, really really really, really, really,
6: really, really, great movie,
4: and I highly recommend it. So there's my my Cheek and Adam moment right there. So, um, <laughs> thank,
2: for, thank you for the review. Tell everybody
1: they can keep up with you and follow you.
4: Yo, follow me on um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. First name Aaron, last name Cosby. Um, look forward to hearing from from y'all. And um, all right, Mr., Mr. Knight and everybody, I'll talk to y'all next week. All right, have a good one. All uh, right, TK. All
1: right. So this party, uh Eddie, how was your was the weekend? I saw you out and about a little bit in the streets.
3: Yeah, I mean I was doing I was on bridesmaid duty, nothing nothing big to to really um, talk about. I kinda chilled out on Saturday had Some bridesmaid duties to do with the mm-hmm. girls. Um nothing nothing really um uh, Nothing
1: extra crazy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. To talk
3: about. But um I wanted to mention a couple of things that I've seen on on um the news lately. Okay. Um, y'all need to stop. Be careful with these selfies because it's not worth it. I just read two stories in the New York Post. One couple died, fell off the cliff while taking a a selfie.
1: Oh gosh.
3: Ooh, the kids right there. And this other dude in Mexico blew out his blew out his brains taking a selfie with a with a gun to his head and it was loaded. And blew
1: out his own Oh
3: brain. my gosh! Wow. I think
1: that to <laughs> a whole new level. They're, they're going too far, just like some of these Facebook challenges you've seen them. Like uh, the one woman, she got arrested because they've been doing the setting herself on fire. The teenagers, they've been in the shower and then they pour alcohol up, light a, a lighter or a match. Yeah, and, but and what then, would make
3: somebody think that's a good idea?
5: But
1: but but then the mother helped. The mother helped her son do it, and now she's in jail. I will.
0: And she
1: needs to be. I mean, that's crazy. Some of these challenges is too much. And like one girl, she did a um, challenge. I thought, I couldn't even watch the whole thing. She it was the condom challenge where you you uh, snort the condom through your nose and bring it out your mouth. What? Yeah, it's just it's crazy. It is crazy what these people are doing. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah.
3: So wow, I was, I'm speechless right
1: now. <laughs> she did what? Yeah. I'm like, oh, I still can't get past right. that. Yeah, it's incredible. I'll, I'll tell you, I saw the nicest thing today. This morning I got up early, which I usually don't do on Mondays. I got up early and I was um, going on a long walk, which I usually do during the week. And I saw, you know, a lot of kids are going back to school, and I saw this mother with her son probably was going to kindergarten. And they were in the driveway and she was taking a picture of them. you know, it was like his first day outfit. I thought that was very nice seeing that. Yeah, I saw you know. a lot
3: of first day I know some of the kids started about a week ago. And some yeah. started today. I saw a lot of back to school really cute pictures. Uh first yeah. day back I know these parents are excited. Um, the kids out here go to school a lot sooner than the kids in the west yeah. coast go back in Virginia too.
1: Time. Virginia too, yeah. yeah in Virginia so don't so go cool. back to After Labor Day.
3: But I'm sure their parents not complaining. So, sure not. Um, so they have they 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 were a really cute first day back to school. <laughs> well, I, I posted an article a link
1: uh, last week. Apparently, one of the teachers wasn't excited to be going back to school because she showed up the first day drunk, and she was in another uh, classroom with her her underwear down. And when they asked her, um, the police officer interviewed her, she did admit to drinking vodka early that morning. So. I saw
3: that when you (laughs) spoke, I I think I met LOL or or something, but um, reading the article, it was her first, she was a new teacher. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it was her first year, like it was supposed to be her first day ever teaching. (laughs) Yes, she said she was a new and when I read where it was, it was like in the backwoods of Oklahoma somewhere. I yeah. think I was thinking to myself, yeah. They probably just needed somebody in that classroom. They knew she was an alcoholic and a drunk. Because there was no – she looked like she stayed drunk from the picture. Yeah, of she football. looked
1: yeah, she was a little uh yeah, up. Yeah, so I'm Definitely. pretty sure
3: that somebody knew, but I think they just needed needed some teachers that said, we're hard-pressed. If you can make it through, come on. But she just couldn't make it through that. She couldn't make it through them eight hours.
2: <laughs>
1: show it up drunk Show it up drunk <laughs>
3: I guess you couldn't make it through the first the
1: first hour <laughs> Let me ask you um, So they're trying to say that uh, Kanye West and Kim Kardashian Kind of threw a uh, jab at Beyonce and Jay-Z Because they took a picture kissing out it out Do you think people are reaching right now? Yes Yeah, <laughs> yes. exactly They probably yes. have to think about that
3: I don't think they even thought about it when they took their picture. They just wanted to take a right. picture on social media so they can get some likes and keep their name out there. They weren't thinking mm-hmm. about no Beyonce and Jay Z elevator, nothing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Did you did you um, read up on the whole Mike Brown, the teenager just got shot?
3: Um... Yeah, I, honestly, I, I don't want to sound. I don't. I, I did. I was hoping you wouldn't ask me this because I think my opinion is probably um, very different on the situation than most black people. I think that. Um, it is a sad thing. I think that the yeah. uh, police officers are kind of overreaching their authority in a lot of cases. But I will say this. I am so sick and tired of black people. Want to protest, want to do this, want to do that. Yeah. Want somebody else killed us. When there are thousands of black men being killed every year in the inner city mm-hmm. by black men. And yeah. we say nothing. I haven't seen one one petition for a signature. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen one protest about um, that stopped the violence in our own community. If you don't value your own lives, your young people don't value each other's lives. They're shooting each other because you stepped on my sidewalk and, and this is my territory type stuff. What makes you think somebody else is supposed to look at you and, and think that your life is valuable?
1: Yeah,
3: yeah. I, I, I just, I'm sick tired of black folks. Well, I mean, every time if somebody else, you know, does something, they, they're outraged, which they should be. But I right. think this outrage needs to be uh, towards
1: uh, us as well. Right,
3: right, towards right. Us as well. right. when yeah, when, when, when when it's against us. And there are there have been more black men killed in Chicago this year than the entire war in Iraq.
2: Mm-hmm. Officers, yeah.
3: uh, uh, soldiers, the entire war in Iraq. That is ridiculous. We are killing each other at an alarming rate, and I don't hear anything about it. But when I say something about it on social media, I get all kinds of messages, um you know, you shouldn't speak like that and all these crazy things, but no one ever wants to address the real issue and, and the problem is it's not going to be fixed until we start looking internally
1: right, yeah, yeah and then and then, and even in dealing with this particular case of Mike Brown. You know, they had a, the peace rally, you know, for him, and there was a fight there. You know, there was violence broke out there, and then now there's this person, and I really, anyone listening, and I hope that this is not the way to go. The anonymous hackers have said they're threatening the police. They're, they're going to retaliate on the p- police as a result of um, this, this killing, and that's not going to solve anything. That's just going to make things worse between the police and between the community, you know, especially in black community if they're already – this kind of tension is already out there in this area, and then they're retaliating and, and just anonymously attacking the police officers. That's not going to that's not going to do anything. No, you know that's I mean? not
3: going to solve that's not going to solve anything. And another thing is too, when there is a crime being committed by someone outside of our race against somebody who is black. So, for example, there was a some pictures taken of 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 Mike Brown laying on the ground. It's a very sad story, and I feel horrible yeah. for his family. I'm not I'm not yeah. trying to dismiss that at all. Um, but when we have crimes in our own community that are committed by black people, then there's a no snitching. You can't mm-hmm. find one witness, one camera, one picture. In fact, right. we're destroying our own community, but then no one wants to talk about that. So I, mm-hmm. I do think there are two separate issues, but then I think, I think they're more, more of the same issues than they are separated because I think what it is is perception is key. If you have no value for your own community, no one is going to value your community. No one is going to value the, pe- the people that live in your community.
1: Period. Very true. Very true. Very true. Very it, true. It's sad, and, and I just really hope that you know we find the point we can pull together as a community. You know, we all need to pull together as a as a as a you know as humankind, but definitely as a as a community because we're hurting our own selves. We're hurting our own selves, and and this retaliation and all this it, it's just it's just crazy. It's getting out of hand. Yeah. getting yeah. out of hand. Well, let's switch gears before we go to commercial breaks. I want to ask this Parker and see if you have any advice. Um, question of the day, I want everyone to go on Facebook and Twitter and let us know what you I think. I don't
3: have no relationship <laughs> que-
2: advice <laughs> <with> nobody.
3: <laughs> I mean, you know that relationship thing top tough on Facebook with a question of the day. I have no advice. I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm taking advice. <laughs>
1: The question of the day is, what is the best piece of relationship advice you would give someone? Go on Facebook and go on uh, Twitter. And let us know what you think. And we'll write back after this.
0: You're listening to The Stephen Knight Talk Show on EOTM Radio. Radio. You're listening now. You're listening to The Stephen Knight Talk Show on EOTM Radio. Radio. The Stephen Knight Show, Monday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, only on EOTMradio.com.
1: Welcome back to The Stephen Knight Show. I want to remind you that The Stephen Knight Show and me, we have all been uh, nominated for the 2014 Hottest Entertainment Awards. Uh, Stephen Night Show for the hottest online radio show, which we pick up the award for in 2012, and then I've been nominated for two awards: hottest uh, vocalist male and hottest rising superstar. So go to Hottest, com. There's a full link on our on our website, but go to that and vote for us. We appreciate your votes. Definitely to connect with us on social media on Facebook, um, the Stephen Knight Show, Twitter Stephen Night Show S SHO, H uh, O. Google Plus, and our official website is the Stephen I Show at We're starting to get some of your response to the question of the day, and I'm going to read some of those the with for our first guest. Let's see. Unless our guest is here. It's not here. Okay. So we're going to uh, read some of the questions the answers to answer the question of the day. So the, question, the question of the day was, what, uh, here we go. what piece of relationship advice would you give someone? All right, well, Fran says, never go to bed mad at one another. Keith, he said, be yourself. Tony said, stop and think about how the other half may feel. Brian said, keep folks out your business. Good advice. Gerald said, put God first. Kenya said, don't hold anything in. Let it be known, even if it hurts. Because keeping it in can cause more damage than good, and yes, be yourself. Let's see. Gerald said, "Also said, um, being transparent." Will said, "Don't listen to the advice of other people. Live your life and your significant other, and and work things out on your own." Tony said, "That's smart." Will. Jennifer said, "Put God first and pray together." Dolores said, "Don't ignore the red flags. If it doesn't feel right, it probably isn't." And Tori said, "When people show you who they are, believe
2: them." My Angela.
1: And then Jay Ferguson said, you're going to fudge, you're going to argue, but if you truly are in love, at the end of the day, no one's going to go anywhere. So if you have any uh, advice you would give, definitely uh, let us know. Go on Facebook and Twitter let us know. Let's see if we have any music queued up while we can play while we're waiting on Dr. Jeanette. I'm very excited about Dr. Jeanette because her book is about – her theory is that that um, men need, you know, uh, intimacy, the emotional intimacy, more than women. Women need it, need it far less. And it talks about how couples can sometimes uh, there will be a breakdown in that intimacy, where they they're too afraid of getting too connected, um, and and. Usually it's after they've been together for a while, they start having children. So it's very interesting. I can't wait to have her come on. While we're waiting, we're going to play a little bit of music, and we'll be right back uh, with Dr. G. <laughs>
0: dance ball like I'm Billy you know what I mean, gonna make a scene, give me a bad shit, the the like complete, it wouldn't be right if we don't spend the night, because we you're looking thick and fine, maybe do when they ride it we'll be done with the night, gonna take a quick flight, out to Paris, to Tokyo, am my late time, first, we gonna dance, girl gives the a chance, got a lot of plans for your girl, time to man let them losers alone, cause I know that you can, look sexy, sweet, long last by 10 getting on that dance, don't shake that, drive,
1: So I'm going to get to our first guest. Our second guest is going to be our first guest tonight. His name is John Bezenka. Bos- thank, <laughs> thank you, you. 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 so <laughs> much. I've been trying to get that all day. Okay. Bezenka. Bezenka. No worries. The, <laughs> the controversial topic of assisted reproduction technology is an example of modern biological science being pushed to the ethical limit. This book is being written from the point of the view of the father at least in the eyes of the court, who contested his obligation to pay child support and disvalued the child that had been legally recognized as his daughter. The secondary aspect of Not My Daughter will involve the intrigue and drama of a drug smuggler's lifestyle, John Buzica's lifestyle, for almost two decades. It was the odyssey that took him from small-time drug dealer to organizing a crew that smuggled tons of marijuana by playing from Mexico into California. Please help me welcome one of the authors of Not My Daughter, John Bezanko. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on and telling your story. You know, I was reading over it, and I was just like, wow, there's so much so much to this. To this. So tell, us, tell us a little bit about, before we get into the actual book, tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, your, your upbringing and how you got to
6: where this all starts. Well, it's completely opposite of how it all ended up. I came from a pretty normal family, mother and father, perfect citizens, um, no dysfunctionality in the family, and uh, I just drifted off in the wrong direction. Okay, okay. And so you started,
1: you know, selling marijuana, you know, locally. Uh, how did it get to this big, you know, you basically run it everything?
6: Well, in in those days, it was especially in the beach communities in Southern California, it wasn't an uncommon thing. But yet, it it, started out just selling small amounts of marijuana, and Mm -hmm. as the longer I stayed in it, the the more people I met, the more people I met, the more they were doing, the more they were doing. Then I got to that point where I was doing, um, yeah, I was right there at the doing. Pretty much the most you could do, right?
1: Okay, okay. So tell us why you decided to go ahead and write this book and tell your story, not only of you know of that past, but also of the, the, the daughter. You know about about the daughter. I don't know if you consider her your daughter, but about
6: the young lady involved. Well, at the time, um, upon the advice of my attorney, I had remained relatively quiet while the case was being litigated or ruled upon. And that was from 1995 to 1998. Mm -hmm. Um, Up to that point, everything that was pretty much known was from my former wife's perspective,
0: or Mm -hmm. what appeared
6: in uh, newspapers and magazines. And I I had a a spot on a 48 hours, and um, it was pretty much me. It it portrayed me as this guy that was just trying to get out of paying child support and right, yeah. that, that wasn't that wasn't the whole that wasn't a deal. I I made my intentions perfectly clear to my um former wife before I signed this thing, uh, that this wasn't working for me. I was doing this for her because basically I felt sorry for her. I was leaving her. Um, and at the same time the only thing that seemed to matter was naming parents because they're at, in this case there were Five potential parents, because there's no biological connection between myself, my wife, there was an egg donor, there was a sperm donor, and there was a surrogate, so there were five potential parents, and um, the court seemed adamant about naming parents and they never researched our backgrounds or status for uh, being suitable as parents and they named us parents and I waited I intentionally waited until the child support obligation was. Over before I wrote this book, um, just because I thought that might be the better thing to do. Because I didn't All want right. people to. I didn't want people to think this was just about sour grapes, about me having to pay child support because I paid it. So right,
1: yeah. So when, once the court, you know, assigns you the the parent, biological parent, over this child, I mean, what, what, what was going through your mind at that time because you knew it wasn't yours? Well, I'm sorry. What did what court ruled made that ruling? You know, once they made that ruling that it was indeed your child, what was going on with you at that time because you knew that wasn't your child?
6: I, I just kept on. I just kept on uh, pursuing my career at the time. I worked in a law office. I kept pursuing my career and just kept going forward and paying child support. That's what I was ordered to do. That's what I had to do. So I I I never uh, pursued any type of relationship with the child. I didn't. Think that was fair to the child. Nor did I have a desire to. So, and mm-hmm. I, I made that I made that clear to my former wife that from the time I was walking out the door. And so I, I I stayed steady to what I had told her, and you know that uh, that hopefully that doesn't seem callous, but that's that's how it was. So, I, so who's who's
1: raising the, the daughter?
6: I believe my former wife raised. The daughter. <clears throat>
1: the only time I've seen my
6: former wife in the last 18 years is in court. Okay, so you never met the young lady. You never met the, never, the daughter. Never met her. No, I have no okay. idea what she looked like. Okay.
1: How do you think your criminal past played a part um, in not wanting to want to have children in the first place?
6: Well, I didn't. I didn't think really my lifestyle was conducive to having a family and having kids around that because it wasn't. It, it wasn't safe. It wasn't right. Yeah. It certainly wasn't fair. Um, and I, I had legitimate business. I had a legitimate business. I actually had two legitimate businesses. But uh, the majority of my income was coming from the drug trade. And I, uh, one of the businesses was actually just open just as a front for a, some big deal that fell through. But anyway, so I. I Raising a family, starting a family wasn't what was on my mind at the time. My mind was doing what I was doing and staying out of trouble. That was my right. mindset. Right. And you
1: just start bringing a child into that would just be chaotic for the child. It wouldn't be a safe place for the child to be. Oh,
6: correct. no. No, correct. Yeah.
1: So when did you turn things around and decide to leave the, the, the drug alone? Oh, I, I got
6: arrested in 1991. Um, at in New Mexico uh, at an airport with a, a plane full of marijuana, mm. and that was that put an abrupt halt to everything. And so, at that from that point forward, I had to start over. And um, from that point forward, that's when my former wife seemed to think a child would fix everything.
1: So she thought by you being arrested and having to start over, that, have, that it, having that child would.
6: Was gonna, fix, help,
1: was gonna Yeah, fix that everything. was gonna
6: fix. That was gonna fix our marriage and everything else. Yeah.
1: Okay. So, one because you you had been in in that business, you know, the the drug world for what two two decades, pretty much, correct?
6: Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. I was close mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. Okay. Close to that. It,
1: and so, you you two were together the whole time. Your wife?
6: No. 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 We weren't together the whole time. Um, we were together. We got married in eighty eight and okay. we were separated in ninety-four.
1: Okay and I, I, Yeah. So having a child was in her she thought it would help save the marriage.
6: I think that I think that was part of her thinking and I thought she, she thought that might keep me there and yeah. But I, I believe that was part of her thinking. I'm not sure. Okay.
1: Okay. And so how would, I know you said you felt that your wife used the family law system uh, to get you to pay support um, for her own selfish desires. Can you explain that?
6: Yeah. She, uh, my former wife perpetrated fraud on everyone involved in this case, including the surrogate, the surrogacy agency, the courts and me. Um, she even went so far as to um, steal m- mail from the surrogate's mailbox to prevent her from finding out of our pretending divorce. And wow. I don't, I don't, I don't even know how she got that um, child out of the hospital because she refused to. My name wasn't on the birth certificate, her name Mm -hmm. wasn't on the birth certificate, and she wouldn't adopt the kid until I was named the father of that kid, which was three years after she walked out of that hospital with the baby. She and the reason she wouldn't adopt the baby because if she could have, she could have adopted the baby on her own, raised the child on her own, which she ended up doing anyway. But if I wasn't named the father, she couldn't have collected. If my name wasn't on the birth certificate as a father, she could have got the child mm-hmm. support. So, okay. I mean, and I don't know. I just, that, did, that left a real bitter taste in my mouth.
1: I know that a lot of times in cases like this, you know, the child, uh, they often maybe they see the birth certificate and they say, okay, this is my father. I'm going to try to find him. What would you What would you say to this young lady? I know you never met her. If she were to try to find you or try to reach out to you
6: and maybe get your side of the story, what would you tell her? I'd tell her the truth. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I would tell her the truth. That, and the last thing in the world I'd want to do is inflict any kind of emotional pain on right, yeah. this young woman that I've never met. I mean, I, that's, not my, that's not who I am. But, right. I mean, that's that, it just wasn't for me, and i'm um I just didn't i was i felt I wasn't in the position to be a father and that's how it was, and that's the decision right. I made
1: right, yeah, but you yeah. have that right if you you know and I think that any parent that uh, any person that decides they don't want to have children shouldn't have children because
6: obviously yeah. will be a great
1: parent and
6: and the thing is is i could have i could have lowered my monthly child support obligations by Pursuing visitation rights, but mm-hmm. I chose not to do that because I didn't think that would be fair to that child, child. I didn't yeah. I, that, yeah. that would that, and I know a lot of biological fathers that do that. yeah, in this case, I'm not the biological father. I had no intention of being the father, so I, I thought I was doing the right thing, and like I said, I paid the support so and I waited to write this book until afterwards, so right, right, because the book came out earlier
1: this year. What do you want people when they, to get this book? And there's a link on our website and also on our Facebook page where they can uh, purchase a copy. It's a very intriguing book. What do you want people to take away from when they close that last page?
6: You know, I, I think it's funny because on the news tonight, there was a, a mess over a surrogacy case. And it, it seems to me that that's, it's a crazy industry. When I was doing research for this book, I called a local surrogacy agent here in Orange County, and I told the uh, woman that answered the phone that I was doing um, research to write a book on surrogacy, and I was wondering if she'd answer a couple questions. Uh, She agreed, and my first question was, what are the standards for potential parents in order for them to have a child through surrogacy? And without blinking, right out of her mouth, she said, surrogacy is one of the most under-regulated businesses in, in the industry. There's no wow. regulation. They, basically, nothing's really changed. And in California, she said, "The the parents are based on case law in California. One of those cases is my case. It's Buzanka In re versus Buzanka. That's how they that's how they determine if you're a parent. If there's a some kind of problem down the road, so they made it made they made it case law that if you sign a contract, you're going to be the parent. And mm-hmm. I didn't have, I didn't, you know. Okay, I I had to live with that. But my my problem was the contract was never litigated, and it was because that didn't suit public policy. Public policy over the little contract law. And the, my problem with that is I was named the father based on this contract. I would have liked to have litigated it, and it just yeah. never happened. Yeah. Wow. Because there's a a human being involved, and I get, you know, I'm not this cold-heartless person that we know that there's this young woman out there right now that I don't know if she's had a father figure in her life or not, I have no idea. But, um, you know, I I get that. I just thought that from my perspective, if that's what they're going to base me, name me the father based on this contract, I think I should have been able, because I think I had some decent um, defenses to that contract. Right,
1: right, and I understand. Yeah, I think I, I get your point. That people may look at you like, "How can you not want to care for the daughter?" But the thing is, you never wanted a child. You didn't have a child, but because of a co- of a contract, you became a father that you didn't even raise. But you did. And, but you did support. You did support.
6: Yeah, and support. And, mm-hmm. and you know what? I like kids, and I but I just I did not want to. I was done with that marriage at that point. I was right. done with it. Mm-hmm. You know that you know, and. Like I told my former wife outside the courtroom once when I saw her over the, in the past five years, I said, you know, if that was me that wanted this child as bad as you did and you left me, I would have taken that child, raised the child, and you never would have heard from me again. And mm-hmm. that's how – but, see, she had ulterior motives, and so that's where she was coming from. Wow,
0: well, John,
1: thank you so much for coming and tell your story um, on the Steve and I show. The book is called Not My Daughter, The True Story of a Former Drug Trafficker and a Landmark Sericancy Saracan- Sar- Sar- Case. Thank you so much.
6: Thank you for having me.
1: All right. You have a good one. You too. And, and you can Bye. go again. And go on our Facebook page and our website and see where you can pick up that book. We'll come back. We'll be back with Dr. Jeanette right after this.
0: You're listening to... The Steed and Night Talk Show on EOTM Radio. You're listening now. You're listening to The Steed and Night Talk Show on EOTM Radio. The Steed and Night Show, Monday nights. 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, only on EOTMRadio.com.
1: And now you want me, now you don't. Dr. Jeanette Raymond stands conventional conventional. Excuse me, wisdom on its head by showing that men often long for emotional intimacy more than women, and many women use sex to connect as an emotional closeness. Readers are given a rock, ringside seat and the therapist's office as Rick and Christy seek Couples Counseling with Dr. Raymond. Here to tell us more, Dr. Jeanette Raymond. Welcome to the show.
7: Thanks, Steve. Great to be with you. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much. You know, I was reading up on on this book, and I'm like, wow, I think, especially because it's for this couple, I believe they're 30, early 30s, and I think, you know, this is something that people go through at this time. First, before we get into the book, tell us a little bit about your background and, you know, kind
7: of how you, how you got to writing this book. Okay, sure. Um, I worked in the UK for as a psychologist with kids for about 16 years, and I saw how insecure they got because of the way their parents were handling their marriage and their own difficulties. So mm-hmm. I got to see how they grew up to become somebody like Rick and Christie in the book. And then when I got here, I st- I've been working with adults and I got, I had a, developed a passion for helping people who are struggling with their relationship to feel secure and loved and connected so that they don't then pass it on to the next generation. And Life. that's what I've been finding in my work that... Um, you know the men that call me up in the last 10 years they will say I want to save my marriage I want to get close to my wife but she won't let me in and I buy her flowers and I take her out and I give her a break and I help with the kids but she doesn't care she doesn't let me in and she you know she's not interested in that and then I hear from the women something very different when they call me They're upset that their men are not good boys. They're not doing what they're supposed to do. They don't do the right thing. They don't take care of things properly. They don't bring enough money. They lie. They cheat. They don't take care of the kids. They want to fool around. They're not serious. That's the kind of uh, message I get from the different uh, genders, and I try to bring them together and see what's causing them not to connect.
1: Okay, okay. And you, some of the things you said men do, you said those are some of the most common mistakes men make in trying to get emotionally close to their partners. You mm-hmm. think, I'm um, trying to spoil them with flowers and dinners and vacations. Why, why, why would you say that's a mistake, a common mistake?
7: Okay, that's a great question. The reason is because you're not being yourself in the moment. You're wanting something. You're trying to soften the woman up. You're mm. trying to make her feel something that she doesn't already feel when intimacy is about being your authentic self, whether you're angry or excited or bored or whatever it it is, it's about being kind of emotionally naked with your partner. So you can be wherever you're at, they can be wherever they're at, and you don't mind each other seeing it, and you can kind of tolerate it and be okay with it.
1: Okay. And why would you say uh, people are afraid of wedding their partners? You would think, you know, especially if a couple – and I. I would assume um, this couple was married. They get married. You would think they have some kind of connection. Why do you see think that emotional, you know, that that part is lost in, the, in their relationship?
7: Okay. You're asking me some wonderful questions, so kudos to you. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> no, really, you are. You know, you're, you're asking me really, really Uh, important questions because this is what I find a couple coming and saying like a year after their marriage or a couple of years you know they got a kid we had the best time when we were dating we thought we were Mm -hmm. made for each other we're soulmates and now what happened where's it all gone did we imagine it you know have we changed or what's gone wrong well the secret is Nothing changed except that when they first met and they were going through the romantic part of their uh, experience together, their love affair, they were only seeing the good bits. Mm. They were seeing what they wanted to see. They were seeing the ideal, the perfection, the fantasy in their mind, and they block everything else out. You know that saying, love is blind, it's very true.
2: Yes, yes <laughs>
7: Right, you know, you're blind to certain things because if you saw all the faults in someone or things that might irritate you or that don't uh, match up to your ideals, you'd you probably never fall in love and never get married and always be alone. You
2: know? Right, exactly, right. exactly. Yeah.
7: So then later on, you're seeing all these things. You kind of see the person in a bit more depth. That. They can get angry, they may have short tempers, they may not always be smelling nice, or they may not always be thoughtful and considerate and unselfish and all that. And then you get angry because it feels like, hey, I bought, you. I got sold a bill of goods, you know.
2: <laughs> this is not who I
7: signed that for. Right.
2: Mm-hmm. Right?
7: That's what I get all the time from my patients, they tell me, this is not the man I married, or the man said, this is not the woman I married, she was so loving and warm, and she always wanted to know how I felt, and she was always wanting to to be close, and she, in fact, it was too much, she wanted to know too much about me, you know, and the man will say, um, the, the woman will say, sorry, you know, and he was so kind and thoughtful, and he had eyes only for me, he was so attentive, he was so, Uh, gallant and all these things and now he couldn't care less he's out with his friends and he snores and he doesn't care about me and all that so they kind of get disillusioned and what they're not realizing is they never had that emotional intimacy in the first place they didn't allow each other to be who they were and be okay with it you know so what i help them understand is that both of them may have fears of different kinds that Prevent that from happening because, like I said, to be emotionally intimate, you have to be naked in that moment with all your good bits and your bad bits and your ugly bits and your beautiful bits. And people love you because of that, not because you're some ideal of perfection. Exactly. And how do you think a couple,
1: because obviously it seems like, you know, based on this information, that a couple should be emotionally close before marriage. Do you think that can happen or do you think it does take that time of, actually live in each other's space and growing together. What what are your thoughts on that?
7: Well, I think if they take the time to learn about each other and be okay with each other in the sense that they're both human and they've both got good bits and bad bits and ugly bits and beautiful bits and all that. Like nobody's perfect. They're both human. It Mm -hmm. can happen. But I think that people don't like it because that feeling of euphoria you get when you're in love, when everything looks wonderful and there's no, um, you know, there's no black bits in your rosy picture, they don't want to lose that feeling. They think there's something missing. Hmm. So it um, it doesn't feel worth it to them at that time. But what I have found is that second or third marriages, they get over that. And okay. then they realize, like, look, I've been, th- I know what it- what it's like to uh, fall mm-hmm. in love and get married and then be disappointed and let down and all that. So this time, I'm going to make sure I really know the person and get to see them warts and all, you know. Exactly. And then, uh, right, so that they can do it at that time, except for one thing: if if one party continues to try to be perfect. And what I say is they try to seduce their partner with their goodness. Like, you, you've you got to love me and you've got to want me because I'm such a good person. Mm-hmm. I do such good things. And that doesn't help intimacy because when you're trying to be good, you're telling the other person that you're better than them. So it kind no. of puts you on a different level. So how can you be intimate if you're up and they're down?
0: Right, yeah.
1: There's no balance.
2: There's no balance. Exactly. Exactly.
1: You talk about the fear of being people getting emotionally attached, couples getting emotionally attached. Um, the fear. How do those fears develop?
7: Uh, it's not a fear of being emotionally attached so much as what might happen if you let your guard down. Okay. Because they're already yes. attached, you know, they're already okay. attached. Okay. Okay. Yes. But that's, that's a good point. Okay. So how do these fears develop? Let's start with men you know, and maybe this might resonate with you and your experience of growing up. You know, and what I hear from men is, and I see it with boys, you know, when I'm seeing families, Mm
2: -hmm. they get
7: told that, um, you know, boys don't cry, boys don't Mm -hmm. have feelings, they've just got to get out and get on with it, they've got to fix everybody else's problems, they must be strong and not show anything and uh, pretend that they can handle anything. And they're not supposed to be mama's boys. You know, they're not supposed to be grow, uh, needing affection and, you know, having long talks and about feelings and all that sort of stuff. You know, they're supposed to be rough rough and ready and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Right. And if they've had dads that don't show emotion and mothers that kind of um, try to baby them, then they want to feel like, no, I don't need all that baby. Get away from me. You know, mm-hmm. I'm strong. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. So they kind of hide that part of them that's human and that needs a close connection without feeling weak. It's just part of who we are. We're human beings and we need to be connected and feel close to people so that we can feel stable and secure in our life. So that's okay. what happens with boys. You know, okay. And then when they, when they get to be adults and they start a romantic relationship, that part of them that they've kept hidden and buried suddenly comes out. And they say, oh, well, maybe now I can get that love and affection and that closeness because I don't have to keep it buried anymore. My wife says she wants it. And, of course, in the early days in the relationship, she did want it. Right. <laughs> so said, That's what she was looking for. Mm-hmm. But then as soon as she does it, she says, oh, stop being a baby.
2: Right, you know, yeah. oh, Stop
7: being yeah. a child and go mow the lawn or clean the car or whatever, you know. And that has so the man's ego.
1: You don't you think it you the know, man's ego? Yeah.
7: No, and it's very bruising because then he's having the same treatments he did as a kid, and he doesn't. So Mm. then he says, "I'll buy her flowers, or I'll surprise her with a a new, um, you know, oven or whatever it might, new clothes or something, you know."
2: Right.
7: Yeah. With the woman, it's a little bit of a different story. So when she's a little girl, um, she's sometimes told not to have any emotional needs because her mom needs all the air in the room and dad must take care of the mom not of the little girl and if you're Mm -hmm. a really good girl if you're a really really good girl because that's what girls are supposed to be they're supposed to be really good then you have to take care of other people you have to be unselfish you have to put yourself last you have to take care of the men and by doing that that means you you make them comfortable and you don't uh force them to take care of you emotionally other than they can spoil you a little bit, you know, and they can take you out and show their appreciation. Or you can give them your body sexually, but don't expect them to care about you emotionally. So when the woman grows up and she's buried all these feelings, her natural, normal feelings of tenderness and wanting to be close and feel cared for and wanted like we all do, um, she grows up burying all that, and she responds to the man who's spoiling her and taking her out and making her feel beautiful and wanting her company and showing her off, she, because that's what happened when she was a kid.
2: Right, but yeah.
7: The need to be close is still there, but she's terrified that if she shows it, if she lets her guard down, she's going to be weak. He's going to take advantage of her. He's going to think she's soft he's going to walk away, Uh, he'll find somebody else, Uh, maybe there's nothing there, maybe um, he's going to feel like uh, it's all gooey and messy in there, and he's going to go, yuck, you know, not for me.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm
7: -hmm. This is is what happens, and it's really sad.
1: So is that why, you know, what you're doing with this book is trying to, Break you know break down one couple at a time so they get past it so that they don't repeat these same patterns with their children and so that doesn't become a recidivism type of act, yeah. Uh, ordeal yeah okay okay so for some people that are listening at home that may not get what you mean because a lot of people when they hear intimacy they're thinking cuddling or sex what yeah. do you mean when you say emotional intimacy when you're having that with your partner a remote you know romantic yeah. relationship? what does that mean?
7: Well, it's not just in romance. It could be in any relationship, but it's really about letting your true self be known to you and your partner. So you're not trying to cover it up by having a certain image or pretending to be perfect or pretending to be interested when you're bored. It's just being your real self, like I said, naked in that place that you're not ashamed of yourself. You're not trying to hide anything. You're not pretending to be somebody you're not just to get something or to make an impression or whatever or to avoid something bad happening to you on both sides. And the other important component is it's got to be in the moment. You know, what I often find is people are not who they really are in the moment and then they get upset because they're getting hurt and they're feeling mm-hmm. misunderstood and all that. And then 10 hours later, or the next week, oh, but I really felt this. So then they kind Why? of go back in time and it's too late. You know, so it's got to be in the moment. It's got to be fresh. It's got to be real with no sugar coating or anything else. And it's because you are who you are that you're loved for who you are. That's the intimacy, not for what you think you should be. Or what somebody else expects of you, or what you learned uh, uh, society thinks you should be doing in this or that situation, because you can only keep up the pretense for so long. Then you're going to blow. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Yeah. They'll come out. They'll come yeah. out. Right. Right. Yeah. So, what, what would you suggest for, like, say, there's, um, you know, a relationship, and one party, one member of the relationship uh, wants to wants to be emotionally intimate with their partner, but the other they they're not really you know on the same page. What, what advice would you give them?
7: Um, Well, I'll give you a few little tips that your listeners might want to follow and some of them are really simple for example I often find with couples that they take on different roles You know one person does the laundry somebody else does the car one person does takes the kids to school Somebody else does another job. They very rarely do things together mm. and One of the ways in which you can begin the process of getting close and emotionally comfortable with one another is to do do a job together. So if you're in the kitchen, you can peel the potatoes and somebody else can make the soup or cut the bread, you know. Mm, And while while you're doing that, you're talking, oh, you know, I remember when my dad used to do this. I remember my sister did this or that. And you're sharing a memory, they're sharing a memory, and you kind of build a connection without it being – Um, you know something you're trying to force on the other one or trying to create an impression or you're not pretending and in that moment you're creating a memory that belongs only to the two of you it's a moment of togetherness that you never would otherwise have and that makes you feel safe and secure so that next time your partner comes and wants to be close you won't be so scared you Mm. know, you remember good time. You'll remember that moment mm-hmm. where you did things and it felt so good.
4: Wow. Wow. Before
1: we go, I want to ask you our question. Our question of the day is what is the best uh, advice you would give, what kind of relationship advice should we give a couple? What would be yours?
7: Um, a couple who are trying to get this, I say never give up hope. Okay. And if you're, if you're willing to explore all the hurts of your childhood And uh, kind of take your needs out of the coffin because this is the one thing that puts obstacles in people's way is I don't need anything. I'm fine. And if I do, Mm it means I'm Mm -hmm. weak and I'm bad and I'm ashamed of myself. You know, we need people because that's who we are. We're human beings. We're social animals. And it's not because you can't do anything for yourself or you're a weak or you're a helpless infant. It's because we need connection to feel stable, to feel secure to feel uh, that we've got our feet on the ground, and then we can live a full life. If you're not yeah. secure, and stable, then you're always trying to, you know, um, be anxious and fig- fix something or change something, or you, you're never content. So it's yeah. open, you're not being needy by saying I need a connection. That's the one obstacle. So if you can un take yourself out of that coffin and say it's okay for me to need to be connected with my partner, then you will be, but it also will involve you being open and accepting and tolerant of needs on both ends. It's not about he can have all his needs, but I can't have mine, or vice versa. It's not taking turns. It's doing it together.
2: Quick
1: question. Talk about that. So you find a lot of people who um, they in their eyes they open themselves up to themselves up to, you know, someone and then they get hurt and then they shut down. I'll never do open myself up again, I'll never do that again. What advice yeah. do you give someone that does that does open themselves up to their partner but then, you know, it may not work out and they get hurt and then they shut down? How do they open that yeah. door again? How to open that window?
7: Yeah, that's a great question. First it's very normal to shut down after you've been hurt like that because you're gonna to want to protect yourself and regroup. Mm -hmm. But if you remember that the other person's probably feeling exactly the same thing, you're probably not aware of when they reached out to you and you shut down. So the the thing to remember, and this is a really uh, nice visual image, I call it a rope of connection. So imagine that there's a rope between the two of you. You're holding one end, your partner's holding the other end. Now, sometimes that rope will be really tight, And you're feeling totally connected and together and the world is your oyster. Another Mm -hmm. time, you feel the rope is slack, you know, that your partners let go of it a little bit so you can't get close. And it comes in kind of boomerangs on you. But don't forget, they've still got that thread of the rope at the other end, they're still holding on to you. They haven't let go completely. And if you remember that, you're still connected. They haven't completely shut you out or killed you off. They still need you, but not quite as tight. So it's a question of managing the tightness. Sometimes it'll be very tight, sometimes a little loose, but the connection will always be there. And it's not always a feel-good one. Sometimes we connect best when we're having the biggest fight of our lives,
2: mm-hmm. because you're yeah. no
7: feeling aroused and angry and upset. It means you're connected. You care. That person matters to you. It's not right, always warm yeah. and
2: Wow,
1: great advice! Great advice. Thank you so much, Doctor Jeanette Raymond, for coming on the show. The book oh, is my called.
2: Question.
1: The book is called Now That You Want Me. No, now you want I me, mean, now you don't. Fear of intimacy, 10 ways to recognize it, and 10 ways to manage any relationships. There's a link on our Facebook page and our website. Thank you so much again, Dr. Raymond, and, I mean, definitely useful information. I definitely appreciate it.
7: Thank you, and let me just share with you, you've asked me some of the best questions I've had on any interview. Oh, thank you so
1: much. Thank you so yeah. much. It, 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 I think it's just something that people, they can resonate with. You know, people... You know, yeah. I, it was it was funny. We we're talking about you know the best at relationship advice. People say I don't know. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure yeah, it out. Right. You know, so uh, I definitely appreciate it.
7: Oh, thank you, you. and way. I, I yeah, okay, good luck.
1: Thank you so much.
7: Yeah.
1: Okay, bye. We'll be right back after this with Stephen's playlist. Check out
0: the EOTM Media Group. Yeah, the EOTM Media Group. We're a new media company encompassing radio, PR, and TV. Follow us on Twitter at EOTMPR. For a great publicist, there's one thing you need to do. Contact the EOTM Media Group.
1: Welcome back to the Stephen Knight Show. I am going to go straight into the... uh to the playlist. The first song is by Sam Smith and Mary J. Blige entitled Stay With Me. I love this song. He has a version by himself uh, and then he teamed up with Mary J. Blige for a, uh, for a remix and they sound really good together. So check it out and enjoy Steven's Playlist.
5: I'ma forgive, I won't forget, but I'ma dead the issue Soon as you out of niggas' lives,
6: it's when they start to miss you They
5: see you doing good, now it's kinda hard to dish you Niggas be sick when they remember all the bad they wished you Niggas be mad when they can't come and live lavish with you But, 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 but I sped off in the Benzie I see the envy when I'm causing a frenzy
2: So I pop pills for them Top cricks in the hills on them Pills and potions all the of i'm angry, but-
0: Coming over to make sure okay, you okay You don't have, have to wait, wait I'm save the, the day. day Call me Superman You'll be on Girl, I'm on my, my way. Way, way, way Girl, I'm on I'm my, my way, 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 way. way You don't you have, have to, to wait I'm a favorite girl You i am have to wait You don't have to wait I'll never let you down When you call on me I'll always be around if you let me, me be, be, the man you, you need, baby I'll fulfill your fantasy, I'll wipe all your tears away, and I can't be saved day, the to pay, Your heart down your face You know I'm coming over To here. make sure you're okay baby, You don't have to wait baby, I'ma baby, save the day baby, Call me Superman baby, You'll be what we You're on my way, way.
1: Well, that was our playlist for tonight. I want to thank tonight's guests, uh, Dr. Jeanette Raymond and John Bazanka for definitely coming on and, and get their bookshelves. The link's on our Facebook page and our website. Definitely two great books you definitely want to read. I want to thank you for joining us tonight. And don't forget to go to ACLsHottest.com and vote for us, the Stephen Ice Show, the hottest online radio show, and then for me, for the hottest male vocalist and uh, hottest rising superstar. As always, we thank you for your support have a great week and uh, we'll talk next week god bless you
2: rolling
0: coming to make sure you don't have to wait i'm you Girl, I'm on my
2: way.